Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski again for another edition of Growing in Grace found on our podcast website at growingingrace.org. That's O-R-G, not .com. How you doing this week, Joel? Oh, I'm doing good. We are ready to barrage people <laughs> with the good news. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, that word. You just happened to mention that word before we, before we came on the air live here at growingingrace.org. But um, yeah, I'm doing well. I'm eager, as always, to talk about the good news of Jesus Christ. I've had some conversations with people on uh, Facebook lately. Uh, I haven't spent a whole lot of time with it, but just some just some negative stuff. And I'm talking about stuff that uh, negates the finished work of Jesus Christ. You know, the, the type of talk, well, you've got people talking about how God has only selected a certain amount of people to receive salvation. So the, it's not good news for everybody. You know, that type of thing. Everybody knows there's a name for that. We don't need to go there. And then people just... Uh, not so happy that, um, in general, that that we're justified as a gift of God, not through anything that we do, not by works. It's it just it floors me sometimes why people are so upset <laughs> with the good news. Uh, well, anyway, we don't need to uh, go there, but I'm just uh, I'm just kind of venting, I guess, because uh, we're here to talk about the good news, uh, and the gospel is meant to be good news for all. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to go down that rabbit trail with you, but then we'll we'll lose our focus here. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it, That's it, never it happened before. How, how religion gets that kind of a hold on people. But last week we were talking about uh, a little bit about repentance. Uh, went back a couple of weeks if, if you have time to do that and you missed it. We talked about uh, repentance a little bit then, and followed up last week talking about Second Chronicles chapter seven, specifically verse fourteen that gets quoted a lot by people in Christian religion. Let me pull that up again here real quick. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Well, we we did cover some context on this last week, how people get the old covenant confused with the new. And this was clearly uh, an old covenant communique from God to the people of Israel after the new temple Solomon built was erected, and um, this house of sacrifice, God called it. The bottom line here, Joel, is forgiveness came through the blood of Jesus Christ. It doesn't come by, and it's not that there's anything wrong within some of these things uh, by themselves, humbling themselves, praying, seeking the face of God, turning from their wicked ways, and by doing all of those things, then they would be forgiven and then their land would be healed. That's how it was under the old covenant. Forgiveness through the new covenant came through Jesus Christ and his shed blood once and for all. So when we're looking at these kinds of things and we see, well, I guess if I turn from my wicked ways and pray and seek the face of God, then we'll be forgiven, right? As an individual, as a, as, as a land, we'll be forgiven. Well, in that context, the religious context of covenant confusion, 
where does Jesus fit into that? Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you see that we, we have a conflict here, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see, uh, under this old covenant, we've got this long history you know, with God and his people at that time, his people were Israel. He says, if my people who are called by my name at that time, the only people who were his people and who were called by his name were Israel. They were God's chosen special people at that time. And he has a long history with them. In this covenant, where I'll briefly go over this again, not as much as I did last week, but if they were to follow his statutes and laws and, and decrees and commands, you know, if they did good, they would be blessed. And if they didn't follow these things, well, they would be cursed. And they had to, over and over again, sacrifice animals. They had to, over and over again, return to God, turn from their wicked ways in order for him to, uh, you know, in order for him to turn back to them, so to speak. Over and over again, all of these things had to happen. Well, that ended at the cross. The cross of Jesus Christ was one sacrifice that took away sin and that made people perfect, that made people righteous and justified, that, that something that could never be accomplished through the blood of Jesus. And so I, what you're saying there, indeed, if we today are saying, if my people who are called by my name, if, if that's us, if, if that's the Christian church, and all of this stuff is conditional again, if we need to go through all of these things again, then that means that the blood of Jesus was not enough. That means that the blood of Jesus, well, all right, so much for the blood of Jesus, because we need to keep on turning away from our wicked ways in order for, in order for God to turn his face to us. In the New Covenant, through the cross of Jesus Christ, God permanently turned his face toward us, so to speak, using this imagery, because the blood of Jesus satisfied God. It was enough. It was more than enough, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago. And all that God needs for us to do <laughs> is to believe the truth. We don't need to keep going through all of these motions, through all of these things to get God to be happy with us, because through the blood of Jesus, he, he already is. Yeah, and and so we we've got this thing a lot of times where re- repentance or religious repentance anyway, it's linked to this Second Chronicles seven passage, and I, I won't disagree that we should repent, but the mm-hmm. the way to repent, repentance isn't just turning from your wicked works, mm-hmm. it's changing your thinking. So let's change our thinking because under a better covenant established upon better promises, forgiveness from God and blessings. Again, they, they did not come through seeking God's face through prayer and improving our behavior to a higher standard, a higher moral code of some kind. It didn't come by sacrificing animals. It came through Jesus Christ. So under the first covenant, the Jews would be seeking this forgiveness that was temporary, but we no longer have to seek the face of God at that temple because that's where the whole passage surrounded was about. This was all about the temple. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have to seek God, the face of God at the temple in the hopes that he'll hear us from heaven. He dwells within us now, you understand, through Jesus Christ. And remember, at the sacrifice of Christ, that that temple veil torn in two from top to bottom within that same temple. Isn't that interesting? And of course, where is the temple today? It's nowhere to be found. And I know some people will say, well, look, okay, you guys are saying this was for Israel. If it was good enough for them, it ought to be good enough for us. And that would be fine if there were only one covenant, mm-hmm. <laughs> everything changed. The law changed when the priesthood changed, Jesus Christ becoming the high priest. Yeah, 
that exact phrase. Uh, I was I had that in my mind as well uh, right before you said it. Everything changed. The new covenant changed everything. I mean everything. As we've talked about a lot on the past on this podcast, the new covenant isn't old covenant part two. It's not a continuation of the old covenant. The things that happened under the old covenant, the restrictions, the laws, the precepts, the sacrifices, all of that doesn't, none of that continues on into the new covenant. That ended because the blood of Jesus was enough. (laughs) The blood of Jesus took away sin forever. The blood of Jesus is what this is all dependent upon. God's promise to himself, as we've talked about. The fact that Jesus Christ lives forever. I was just looking at that scripture in Hebrews 7, how under the old covenant, these priests died. (laughs) They died, and so that was one reason why things couldn't be made perfect under that. But in, in the new covenant, Christ lives forever. And as long as Christ lives, we are forgiven, and we have his holiness, his righteousness. It's been given to us as a gift. And so all of these things that happened under the Old Covenant, you see, they happened for a reason. The, you know, the Old Covenant was, was given for a reason. And like you said, Cap, there's nothing wrong, and it's a good thing to turn from our wicked ways. But yes. we, don't, we don't do that in order to get forgiveness from God. We do it because we are forgiven. We do it because we are righteous. We are holy people. We flee from sin, from sinful behavior, from ungodly behavior, because grace teaches us to do that. But we don't do any of that stuff in order to get forgiveness from God again, because the forgiveness that we have in him is once and for all, and it's uh, it's a perfect forgiveness that our turning from sin, our seeking God's face, our sacrifices could never match what Christ did through his finished work. Well, that's absolutely true, Joel. See, repent, you hit it on the head, though. Yeah, turning from your wicked ways, turning from sin, avoiding sin, that is always going to be good advice. Don't misunderstand this. Stay away from it. You have choices to make. Make the right ones. You've got somebody living in you now who can help you do that. Okay. Doesn't mean you'll behave perfectly all the time, mm-hmm. but make right, make good choices. Um, the power is within you to do that. But repentance goes much deeper than that because if that's your idea of repentance is just you know trying to turn from your wicked ways, the, the problem there is you're falling into the trap of thinking that your good works need to outweigh your bad. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago, and that's that's uh that's not a good place to be because you're you're suddenly again nullifying. The grace of God, Second uh, Corinthians. I'm sorry, uh, Galatians two twenty one. Galatians two twenty one. Don't nullify the grace of God that came to us through Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter eight. Uh, in in line with what you were just talking about, Joel. I, I don't have time to to read the the entire passage of the first five verses, but in, in Hebrews eight, it, it compares some things that were taking place under the the old covenant. And this that came through Moses and constructing the tabernacle so that it would be identical to the heavenly one. But it comes down to this. As it is, Christ has obtained a ministry that is as much more excellent than the old as the covenant he mediates is better, since it is enacted upon better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, 
there would have been no occasion to look for a second one. But then God goes on to say, I will establish a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not like the covenant I made with their fathers when he took them out of Egypt. So the old and the new are not alike. These are covenants that are not alike. And so you can't just copy and paste something from a potential old covenant passage, like from Second Chronicles 7, and try to apply it today because uh, in this puzzle of life, the pieces just don't fit. Mm. I like that. Uh, I like that analogy, the copy and paste thing. People know what that means today with computers and everything. <laughs> and it's like we try to, you know, copy what was going on in the old covenant, which was really it was as uh, chapter eight there in Hebrews says, th- those were simply shadows and uh, they were copies. Uh, they were foreshadowing the reality, the substance who would be Jesus Christ himself. So everything was fulfilled in Jesus Christ. So all of that ended because in Christ is the fullness of everything. Well, we've been talking a lot about repentance, and you know we've talked about how it, it doesn't mean you know, to stop sinning and improve your behavior. Although, of course, as we've talked about, it's good to do those things. So what does repentance really mean? We'll dedicate next week's podcast uh, to answer that question. What does repentance really mean? It it does involve change. It does involve turning from something, but it's more of a change of mind. Again, we'll get into that next week on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.